Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is the Friday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer for Dothan Wolves Football on 96.9 The Legend. And you know what, what we do here on Fridays. I am joined by my guy, Matt Lowe from Field Level Media. We're going to preview the biggest games in college football, especially involving the Southeast uh, for this weekend. And uh, Matt, as always, it's always good to talk to you uh, when we do these Friday podcasts. What's up, Philip? Hey, uh, it's always good to talk with you, man. And my Duke Blue Devils, the Dukies, man, they had it, they had it in the in their grasp, and they just let it slip away there at the end last weekend. I was, I was really hoping they would pull it off, but what a comeback by Notre Dame! Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and really, and in the Riley Leonard part of it at the end too, that was even more heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you you get a. You get a team and they're what backed up at the one or two yard line, and then they drive all the way down the field and they get a fourth and sixteen with only three guys rushing the passer. I just for the life of me, that's one of those things that I don't ever understand. When you always play that prevent defense, you prevent prevent a win. Yeah, it is kind of one of the things that's weird because you have something that's successful for what most of the game, and yeah. then at the end you're playing like you said that prevent defense. I'm like, okay, I understand you don't want to send a full-out blitz at your quarterback or stuff like that, but, you know, do something kind of similar to what you've been doing. It's been working because it was, it was kind of like the Ohio State-Notre Dame game the week before. It was a defensive yeah. game, you know, but then – and, you know, sometimes these games, like teams can't do anything for, like, three and a half quarters, but then at the end uh, the offense are able to go because of the way the defenses are playing. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh... – but that, I mean, that Duke team, they played hard, man. They, they gave it all they got and laid it on the line. I mean, I just, it's, I just, I was hoping they would pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was tuned in on that one as well. It was, it was an interesting Saturday last week. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked about stuff all week uh, here on the show, but uh, what were some things outside of the Notre Dame Duke game that stood out to you? I mean, Auburn well, almost beat I mean, Georgia. That's a, that was a big one. Yeah, and Brock Bowers, I mean, I, I've talked about this with some of my buddies. I mean, he's he's one of the better guys I've ever seen. And and I know that he probably won't be in Heisman discussion, but if he keeps doing that at the end of games, he will be in the Heisman discussion. I mean, and mm-hmm. he clearly took over that game um, and just showed what kind of player. I was impressed with Carson Beck, too. I mean, the guy made throws when he had to. Uh, he, he knew where to go with the football, which, I mean – you got elite players. You got to get them the ball. You know that's just that's just the way it goes. And I, I don't know what's happened to LSU's defense. Ooh, I mean, yeah. eighty six points the last two games allowed. I mean, what in the world is going on on that side of the ball? I mean, I just and your boy Jackson Dart he lit it up uh, last weekend and in and in, in that big win. So uh, I don't know. Still, still a lot to be left to be desired with some teams. I, I don't know how good some of these teams are, you know, we'll see a little bit more about Kentucky this weekend. 
Uh, we'll find out a little bit how good Oklahoma is when they play Texas. So a lot, lot out there still to be uh, – intel left to be desired and, and, and gathered on some of these teams. Yeah, it is. And we got a few teams uh, in the SEC especially that are off this week. So I was looking at, you know, just not as many SEC games as we were used to the last couple of weeks. And Auburn's one of those teams that is off. Uh, and I'll just say this, you know, I've said it a couple times this week with Auburn. I think if you're an Auburn fan, you don't want more victories. You wanted to win that game at Georgia. I mean, that's a big rivalry. You always want to win that game. But I think you also could take away from it. Hugh Freeze taking over to play calling. I think that helped. Um, there was a lot of drops when receivers. I don't think Peyton Thorne played horrible. I think he was a little bit better. Uh, but also, I think you, you got to be have optimism because you got to think, okay, when Hugh Freeze gets some players, I mean, that game was coaching. Coaching is why Auburn was in sure. that game. And once you get some better players, that you can kind of narrow that gap between them and Georgia and, you know, the other teams in the SEC. I think that, that that's a positive takeaway from last week. I totally agree with you. I thought it was a great plan. Uh, I, I do think that Auburn's receivers, they got to help the quarterback out a little bit. The, the, the back shoulder throw there on the third down, I think it was Marcus Johnson dropped the ball. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather missed a missed a back shoulder throw there towards the end of the game. I mean, you got to make those plays in those games. And I uh, I didn't really understand the third and one and fourth and one calls towards the end of the first half when you drive down the field. And the strength of Georgia's defense is the defensive line, especially the interior. It's been that way for years. It was when Kirby was at Alabama. It's been that way for Alabama. I mean, and. And uh, when you get in the shotgun, you're five or six yards back behind a lot of scrimmage and you hand off. I mean, that gives guys time to penetrate and get back there and, and, and disrupt the play. So, uh, but yeah, I, I also, my, my opinion, I'd have taken the points right there and gone ahead at halftime. But, you know, that's here nor there. I, you can't blame Freeze for going for that in a game of that magnitude. But uh, I thought the plan was great. I, I, I thought. You know, just the execution wasn't there at times, and a couple of times Peyton Thorne held on to the ball a little bit. But the, the Auburn players, they played hard. I mean, they laid it on the line, and, and that's what you'd like to see. I mean, you got you like to see guys giving it all they got. And and like I said, like you said, great great plan for the game. I think I think Auburn had that game circled, and they went into that game putting much as they could into getting a win. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how they go because, like I said, they're off this week. Next week they'll be in a Baton Rouge against LSU. But uh, we'll talk about that one next week. Yeah. Uh, let's kick things off. And two teams out next year, Matt, this will be an SEC football game between these two. Uh, number 12, Oklahoma, who's undefeated at 5-0, playing Texas at number three, who's also 5-0, 11 a.m. over on ABC. Of course, it's a neutral site game. Texas is a six-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under is 60-and-a-half points. It's always interesting when these two get together. We've seen years where one of them's not really having that good of a year and pull the upset. Now, Texas won 49-0 to last year. You know, Oklahoma, they're 5-0, but they really haven't played anybody. We've seen Texas play Alabama and what they did in that game. I'll let you start this one off. Just what, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, the – one thing that I'm, I noticed kind of evaluating this game is Oklahoma's allowing 30 points per game. I mean, that's a lot that's a lot of points to be given up, and you're going up against a high-power Texas team that could put it in the end zone. And and that defensive line that Texas has, I mean, I, I will be interesting to see how they match up against Oklahoma's offensive line. But, I mean, Dylan Gable is a, a, a really good player at the quarterback there for Oklahoma. 
but I, I just I just I don't think they I don't think the Sooners have enough to hang with this Texas team. I really don't. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, the running back there, he's third in the country in rushing. You got Quinn Ewers there at quarterback. You know, he's thrown for 1,300, 1,358 yards and 10 TDs. I mean, their receiving core is outstanding. I just – I think Texas is going to be too much on offense. So, I'm going to go Texas, something like 38 to 20, 24, 21, something like that. Yeah, you know, and this I was looking at this one too. It's hard for me with Oklahoma. Like I just said, they the competition they play. They I mean they play teams and they've blown every single one of them out. Uh, we'll talk about one of them later on. Who's playing Troy uh, this week? And you're right. And it, the one thing that's interesting, Jatavian Sanders are tied in. Uh, when we're recording this, he's day to day. That is what Sarkeesian said. I think that's big because he may be one of their best targets. But outside of that, you know, you got Xavier Worthy. They got. You know, all uh, Mitchell that come over, A.D. Mitchell that come over from Georgia. I mean, they're loaded at receiver. I just I just don't think Oklahoma's going to be able to stop them. That's, and I'm agree with you on that one. I think Texas wins this one, too. I think maybe a little bit closer. I think maybe – I think Texas is going to drop 40 on them. I think I, I like maybe a 41-30 game. Uh, but it's going to – I think we're going to see some fireworks. It's going to be interesting. But it's just the improvement of, of Oklahoma. But I'll say this, though. It's good to see they are. They seem to be improved. I don't think we get forty nine to nothing Texas in this one though. No, and I mean, I was thinking about this. Why is this game always played early in the morning, like at eleven a.m.? I mean, I'd like to see this game played at night. You know, I mean, this this is just too big of a two big blue bloods like this playing at eleven a.m. I mean, I think it's pretty much eleven a.m. every year, isn't it? I mean, so I would like to see it played at a different time. The only thing I can think of, the reason why they do it, is because isn't the like state fair there where they're at? Yeah, maybe maybe that's why they play the game earlier in the day, and then everybody gets to go do the fair stuff. Uh, I wonder next, maybe down the road with the SEC, where they kind of try to nudge this game into prime time. I would think, I mean, especially with how well the, the programs are doing. I mean, I, I just, I just seems to me like this is a primetime game and it needs to be under the lights. I mean, could you imagine that game under the lights after all day of partying for both of these fan bases? I mean, I'd be off the chain, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It would be electric. That's a, without a doubt. Uh, another 11 o'clock game. And uh, you mentioned the team off the top and I, I've had some things to say too. Number twenty three LSU now three and two two and one in the SEC will be at number twenty one Missouri who is undefeated one and zero conference. Check this out: Brady Cook, the quarterback for Missouri, has not thrown an interception since October twenty second of last season against Vanderbilt. And for everybody that may not know, he has started all the games since then. It's not like a guy that's been in and out of the lineup. And he's playing well: seventy five percent completion percentage, a little over fourteen hundred, eleven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Luther Burden, one of the best receivers out there. Ed, look, you say off the top, LSU's defense cannot stop anybody. They are the second worst defense in the conference. Now they have the best offense. I mean, they've they've been they're wasting Jaden Daniels, what everything he's doing. But uh, it's going to be interesting with this one. I'll I'll start off with this one. Man, I think LSU will win this one. I think it's another shootout. We predicted that last week with them at Ole Miss. I don't think to the level that it went. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think LSU will figure out a way to win this one in a high-scoring shootout style of game. But it's going—it's not going to be easy because Missouri is playing well this year. 
This is my hammer pick. My hammer pick. I'm going with the Tigers, man. I just like him at home there. I, look, 86 points in two games. I mean, in Missouri, Cody Schrader there is a bruiser at running back. I really like him. Cooked through for a career high of 395 yards last week. Uh, I think that fan base is going to be amped up for that game. Um, I like taking the points right there, and I like Missouri to pull the upset. I think it was going to be a high-scoring game, too, though, again. I mean, one of those, like, 41 to 37, something like that. I think it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, I think Brian Kelly's going to have some if, – if this season continues to go the way it is with the defense, he's going to have some questions about Matt House at defense coordinator. Because my thing is, going into the year, I felt like, okay, LSU's weakness will be their secondary. I didn't think sure. it would be this bad. Because their front seven, they've got NFL guys on the, in their yep. front seven. There's no excuse for their defense to be this bad. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and it's it's missed tackles. It's it's and, and, and like I said, when you when you play aggressive style of defense like House does, I mean, it opens holes in in your in your sec, especially if you don't have a good secondary. So I, I don't know. I, mean, I, it, I I can't put my arms around it. I, I don't know what. I mean, it's just it's bad. I mean, it's like. And you would think, hey, man, hey, if my, my defense is this bad, maybe we need to slow some things down on offense and maybe grind it out a little bit more. Because LSU can move the ball on anybody. When, when that's been proven. I mean, but they're, I just – it blows my mind how, how bad they are on D right now. Yeah, I mean, even the Florida State game, first half, they should have been up bigger than they were. I mean, they shot yeah, themselves they in the just, foot multiple times. And, and it's like they just forgot how to play in the second half. Uh, it, mm. It's just – I mean – I don't know. I just I don't get it. But I think I think Missouri's got a lot of momentum right now. And if they win this game, man, they they could. I'm not saying that they're going to knock Georgia out, but they, I mean they can they could finish second in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting in a few weeks with them. And I'll, this is my last thing with LSU. That defense is keeping them – it's keeping Jaden Daniels from being a Heisman contender because the numbers he's putting up this year, 414 yards last week, four touchdowns through the air, 99 on the ground, uh, one rushing touchdown. And, Matt, that Ole Miss game, when they got the ball with 39 seconds left, I don't know about you, but I felt like, okay, LSU's about to win. Ole Miss gave them too much time. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just mind-blowing to me, man, because, I, I mean, LSU was pretty good on defense last year. I mean, and what what happened? I mean, I, I don't I don't get it. It just it blows my mind. I don't either. Uh, this one I feel like we'll both pick the same team in this one. Uh, two and three Virginia Tech, one and zero in ACC play. Though. They got a win over Pitt last week. They'll be at number five Florida State, who's four and zero. Two and zero in the ACC, the team that was off last week. Uh, two thirty on ABC. Florida State's a twenty four point favorite. The over under this one's fifty three. I mean, I'll go and call up. I mean, I think Florida State's going to win. Maybe I don't know if they'll they'll cover that. Uh, Virginia Tech's got issues, offensive line, uh, stopping to run. Uh, they give up, I think, close to 180 yards on the ground on the season. Yeah, 177.6 yards per game they give up on the ground. I think Florida State finally gets that running game going. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Florida State just performs. Remember the Boston College game where they didn't, where they kind of played down their competition? I, I got Florida State big. Yeah, I think they'll roll here too. One big thing that I that that's that I that catches my eye with this FSU team, Johnny Wilson, six foot seven, two hundred thirty-seven pound receiver, and he has zero touchdown catches. Mm-hmm. How's that? How? 
I mean, I mean, Deion Coleman you, is why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all you got to do is throw the ball up. I mean, that guy's—he's like a LeBron James out there. But I mean, Jordan Travis playing well. Yeah, I like I like FSU to roll here. You you, you mentioned their run defense, man. LSU, I mean, uh, FSU can run the ball really good. I look for Trey Benson to have a big day on the ground. You know, and last week, uh, during the off week, I saw. Mike Norville at his press conference talk about we're four and zero. Obviously happy about that. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. I'm not saying word for word what he said, but he also said at four and zero we have still not played really a complete game or our best football. And I got to thinking about that. They really haven't because I mean they played Southern Miss. I mean if that was the closest thing to complete ball, but like we just mentioned against LSU, it was the second half. Uh, they struggled at times against Boston College. That was an uneven performance. Boston College went for penalties, may have beat them. And then Clemson, they got down by 10 twice in the first half, had to come back, one in overtime. Look, they were fortunate from a missed field goal to win that one. Yep. So it's kind of like with Florida State, you're 4-0, but if you're Mike Norvell, you've got a lot to, to really work with your team on because they haven't played that complete game yet. Well, and that's kind of like what's so impressive about, like, Alabama and Georgia and teams like that is their mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's hard to get up for every game. It's hard to get up for a team that's one and four, but they are going to be up for you because of who you are, you know. So you got to have a mental edge to you, and that I think some of this what we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of unpredictability in college football right now. I mean, it's all over the place, and I think some of it has to go with the transfer portal stuff and these new guys being on new teams and and all this stuff and. It takes a little while to gel as a team. I mean, and if you have a 50% of your rosters new, it's not going to just come out out of the gate firing on all cylinders, you know? I mean, it's not. And and, and mm. I, to be honest we I think it's going to be really tough for teams to go undefeated from here on out with all the, in this new age of college football, especially like Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC next year. I just don't think you're going to see many undefeated seasons anymore. Yeah, it's going to be tougher. It's going to be it's going to be much tougher. And then maybe now with an extended playoff, if you're a team like Georgia, you're like, okay, we might could not sacrifice a win, but we can maybe sit some guys or do something different if we know, okay, we've have our resumes good enough. I mean, I kind of, I am interested to see how coaches and teams are going to respond to now the 12-team playoff coming versus when we just got four. Because you still – every game is important. It's matter, And every game will be important with 12. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's just uh, kind of interesting if coaches will change their philosophy in the end of 12. Especially – look, I'll be honest with you. Conference championship games, if you're undefeated, like in the SEC, and you go in there, you say, okay, we can lose there because we're still getting the playoff. Well, I think Kirby Smart did that a couple of years ago against Alabama. I mean, I firmly believe that. A lot of people think I'm crazy for saying that, but they didn't. They didn't have to win the game. And if you're going to play them, it's like in the NFL playoffs. If you don't, if you don't have to win a game, you're in the playoffs and you're the first seed and you're top seed. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna go in that game to play to win it. I mean, you're going to sit your starters. So it's the same type of philosophy, and, and I, I think that's exactly what Kirby Smart did a couple of years ago when Alabama won the SEC championship. Yeah, so it's speaking of Alabama, that's who we got next. And I think this this game, you know, we talked about LSU, Missouri. I think this is going to be the opposite of that. Uh, number 11, Alabama at 4-1 will be at Texas A&M, who's also 4-1. Both teams are 2-0 in SEC play, 230 
on CBS. Alabama is only a two-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under is 46-and-a-half. I almost feel like you should take the under on this one. Uh, I'm going to let you lead this one off, Matt. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Alabama and Texas A&M? Well, Max Johnson has six TDs in one-and-a-half games, pretty much. So, and Evan Stewart and Anais Smith, uh, great receivers. Le'Veon Moss is running the ball really well. I, I think this is going to be a trench matchup. I mean, who can dominate in the trenches? Uh, but I also think this is going to be a special teams game. You know, Will Riker, the kicker there for Alabama, he's perfect on his field goal attempts. Randy Bond has missed a couple, but he's a pretty good kicker. Uh, Smith is an excellent punt returner, had that big punt return against Arkansas. Uh, so I, I – Dallas Turner is one of the nation's top sack leaders. Uh, Jalen Milrow, he looks better. You know, he looks better in the offense. I will say that. It looks like they're trying to use the guy more as a runner, which why wouldn't you? I mean, it's uh, like why wouldn't you use Michael Vick as a runner? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you use – you know, you got to use your your players and use them to their talents. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one to call. I think Texas A&M has a lot of momentum right now, but I something's telling me Alabama's going to win this game. And it's going to be – I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I think Alabama 23, Texas A&M 20. I agree with you. I'm going to go with Alabama too. That, that's where I'm, I'm leaning on this one. I was looking at – you know, Texas A&M has 14 sacks the last two weeks. I think they had 15 tackle for losses against Arkansas. Their front's living in the backfield right now. At first I thought it maybe was an Auburn problem, but now I saw it to do it against Arkansas, which we know Arkansas has got issues. We'll get to them in a little bit. And you talk about Max Johnson. I think the offense looks better with him than Connor Wigman. Sure. I, I, I think it flows better. And Connor Wigman is a good athlete, but Max Johnson also brings that ability to run. You know, if needed, you know, he's mobile and they need to put a nice Smith at punt return uh, a lot more often. The way, them two punts he had in the fourth quarter, I mean, I thought he was going to break it open the second time. And really, they should have beat Arkansas worse than they did because yeah. they are uh, three turnovers really, and some missed field goals cost them there. But you're right. Jalen Milrow was looking good. This reminds me of an old school, like first couple years, Alabama Nick Saban team. They're going to run the football. And play defense. I think the biggest key is just turnovers. If Jalen Miro doesn't turn the ball over, Alabama should win this one. I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring game than you on this one. I'm going to go Alabama 20, Texas A&M 17. I, I just don't see a lot. Of, I think both these defenses are going to play really well. I think it'll come to who turns the ball over and who doesn't. Well, and A&M's defense is like the game against Miami we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I was like, where's their defense? You know, it just blew my mind how they – play so poorly on that side of the ball with the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. I I really firmly believe special teams is gonna gonna be a huge factor in this game. Yeah, it it will be too. I, I agree with you. Any game you get two defenses like this, close game, it's special teams. Those are the guys that usually end up determining it. Now I don't feel like we'll spend too much time on this one. Uh Vanderbilt two and four. It is not going good for Vandy. Uh, at Florida who just got run through by Kentucky last week. I mean, that was a clinic on running the football. Three o'clock on the SEC network. Florida is an 18 and a half point favorite in this one. The over under is set at 52. Um, Vandy did upset Florida last year. Matt, do you think there's any possibility of that? Happening? I think there's always a possibility of anybody being anybody, but I, I, I man, I don't, I can't, I can't figure out this Florida team at all. I, I, I tell you what, Billy Napier, he keeps performing like 
he's been performing some of these games, he's going to be run out of Gainesville. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say that, but I mean, and their schedule next year is like unbelievably challenging. So it, it just, I mean, 69 yards on the ground against Kentucky. I know, I know Kentucky's a pretty good run stopping team and Mark Stoops has always had a good team, a team that stops a run well, but I mean, that's just, I don't know, I mean, uh, Travis Etienne back there and, uh, I just, I, I, it blows my mind. I mean, I just, Ray Davis ran all over them. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Vandy has a shot in this game, but I mean, I think Florida is going to want revenge from last year. So, but I'll, I'll go Florida, you know, 30, Vandy, 24, something like that. Yeah. And I think the big thing too with this game with Vanderbilt is tough because you don't really know as the, uh, as of this recording, who the quarterback is going to be because AJ Swan uh, was out last week injured against Missouri. And this week they were not given any update on that. So didn't want to say who the quarterback is going to be. Ken Seals started against Missouri. He did not look all that good. And you're right. And I couldn't get one Florida, their win game. You know, Florida's a top five SEC defense too. It's not like, they're bad defensively. They're, they're pretty solid. But, yeah, ETN and Montreal Johnson, I think one of the best running back duos in the conference, um, they were nowhere to be seen. I mean, I know they they got down, but, you know, still, I mean, it was early. You could still run the ball. And I, and I feel like if Florida, for Graham Mertz to be successful, they have to have that running game going. If it gets put on his shoulders, I just don't think it's going to work out for him. Well, one, I don't think they have a receiver outside of Ricky Pearsall. That's another problem Florida has offensively. I mean. You got to get that you, guy the ball, too. Yeah, you get the right defenses that can take him away. They don't really have anybody else that's stepping up in that position. So, yeah, I, I'm going to pick Florida. I think they'll win this game. I'm going to go by two touchdowns because I don't just don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be there uh, with Vandy. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, – it's, it's Yeah, I, I, I made a mistake. It said Travis Etienne. I said instead of Trevor. I have Travis Etienne on my fantasy team, so I apologize for that. I always write it down when I talk about Florida because I'm worried I'm going to do the exact same thing yeah, as, yeah. as say, say the wrong wood. So yeah. I had it wrote down. I made sure to write down the first yeah, name on that one. Oh, it's all good. I'm I, I'm surprised we don't hear more announcers doing it. That's it. That's the yeah. It's just I mean, and I ended up watching that Falcons Jags game for Phil. Uh, well, I, I watched him there too. So I guess it was just in my brain. In my brain. So uh, we're going to jump to the Sun Belt, and we'll jump back in the SEC. Uh, Arkansas State at three and two. They've won three in a row. Uh, they did lose seventy three to nothing in that first game against Oklahoma. They're one and zero in conference. Uh, they will be playing at Troy, who is three and two, one and one in conference play. This is a three o'clock kickoff uh, over on ESPN Plus. Troy is a sixteen and a half point favorite. The over under is fifty one and a half points. You know, Matt, last week we both picked Georgia State to beat Troy. And then Troy beats on 28 to 7, forced three turnovers. Uh, Darren Granger and running back Marcus Carroll were not effective in the game. And uh, Troy did their thing running the ball. I think the offensive line is getting better. We talked about that for a few weeks here, Troy, the offensive line on work in progress. I'm going to start with this one. I think Troy wins. It's homecoming at Troy. I think they'll take care of this one uh, defense. Now, I will say Arkansas State quarterback Jalen Rayner uh, threw. Three six touchdowns last week, 383 yards, 20 and 25 passing. That was against UMass. Troy's a little bit different, yeah. but since he started playing, they are three and oh. So I think they are improved with him at quarterback versus what they were before. But I'm gonna go with Troy. I think Troy wins this one 31 to 10. 
Yeah, and and, and Rainer there, he's a, he was the Sun Belt freshman of the week. So it, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't even think he was highly recruited. So he's coming on strong for them. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, they held Georgia State to 298 total yards. So something's going right for their defense. I, I was totally shocked by how they dominated them. I mean, that that I thought that Georgia State team was a really good football team. But uh, Gunnar Watson playing good. Kamani Vidal, he's ranked uh, fifth in the country in rushing yards with 590. And they're Troy's 15th in rush defense in the country, too. So playing playing good on defense and running the ball. I mean, you run the ball, play good defense, you can win games. So I'll, I'll go with Troy there. I'm going to go something like 34-17. Yeah, and the interesting thing too was at the end of the game, Troy got the ball and it's 21 to 7. So you're probably Georgia State thinking, okay, we stop them real quick. We get the ball, we score, we can onside kick, get the ball back, try to tie the game. Troy went on a drive that lasted eight minutes and 15 seconds. And Georgia State got the ball with six seconds left. I mean, that's championship drive. That's a championship drive. I don't yeah. care what level of football it is. When you do yeah. something like that, and I think that's too taking advantage of the new clock rules. Because the old clock rules, the clock would have stopped at least for the first downs and stuff like that. So there may have been a little bit more time. Georgia State wouldn't be able to come back. But still, that was a, that was probably the most impressive thing to me with Troy's victory last week is that that final drive just like, cement that win the way they did. Yeah, they stymied Granger too. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good player at quarterback, and he couldn't, he couldn't really get anything going. Mm-mm. So back into the SEC, this is an interesting game. Uh, probably underplayed or underthought of because of the Alabama A&M aspect at 2.30 on Saturday. Number 20, Kentucky, finally in the top 25 again. They're 5-0, 2-0 conference versus the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. They're 5-0, 2-0 in conference. 6 o'clock on ESPN. Georgia's a 14.5 point favorite. The over-under is 48.5. I did. I started off the last one. Uh, what are your, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I I still don't know how good Kentucky is, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, Devin Leary, he's been a little interception prone. I mean, Ray Davis came out of nowhere. I mean, will he be able to do that against Georgia's defense? I don't think so. I mean, but I think Auburn laid somewhat of a br- blueprint of how to attack Georgia's defense. I'm sure, Kirby will work on that a little bit this uh, this week. But I mean, it's a night game in Athens. I think Kirby's going to be riding them, those guys really, really hard this week about their performance. Although, like I said, you got to tip your hat to Auburn. They they came out and played well, had a good game plan. But uh, I think it's going to be a tough week of practice for the Bulldog players. And, I mean, I don't see anybody on Kentucky's defense being able to slow Brock Bowers. Uh, uh, Barry and Brown's been a consistent playmaker for Kentucky, so watch for him. If he can maybe bust one in the kick return game, that'd be huge for Kentucky. But I think Georgia's going to be too much at home here. I think that's a big spread, though. So I'm thinking something like 35 to 24 because UAB moved the ball on Georgia's defense. So did Auburn. You know, they just don't seem like they're as good as they have been the last couple of years on that side of the ball. So I think some points are going to be scored in this game. I like Georgia's like 35-21, something like that. Yeah, my thing is, I know a lot of people look at how Auburn was able to run the ball on Georgia last week. And probably the worst thing happened to Kentucky was Auburn did what they did to Georgia, even though Georgia did win the game. Probably gave Kirby a chance to get his players' attention once again this week. But I'll say this, Devin Leary to me is not the threat in the quarterback run game like Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford were last week. And 
Peyton Thorne is underrated as a run as a mobile quarterback. I mean, he can he can do it. I mean, he's not as fast as Robbie Ashford, but he still is a threat to run the ball. So I think with that, Georgia's able to center in on Ray Davis. And just watching these two, these two teams play, you know, Kentucky over the years playing Georgia, they just don't do well against Georgia. Georgia usually stymies their offense pretty good. I, I'm going to go Georgia 24, Kentucky 13. I don't think Kentucky's going to do a lot offensively at this one. Uh, you might be right there, but, I mean, I, I think Georgia needs to clean some things up on defense. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you lose 15 guys to the NFL draft, I mean <laughs> – you know, eventually I mean, that's going to catch up with you. Yeah, I mean, you lose 14 guys in the NFL draft and you lose 15 guys in the NFL draft. I mean, you know, that's a losing a lot of guys to the NFL. Yeah. yeah over time, that, that's going to catch up with yeah. you. And, uh, and finally, uh, we've got two and three Arkansas, 0 and two in conference play. They've lost three in a row because the BYU game in there too, as well. Playing at number 16, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is four and one off that big win over LSU last week. One and one in conference, so now they're in the thick of things now again with the SEC West. Uh, Six thirty p.m. over on the SEC Network. Ole Miss is an eleven and a half point favorite. The over under is sixty three and a half. I, 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 Matt, Arkansas's got problems. I mean, Rocket Sanders was bad last week. Didn't make much of a difference. KJ Jefferson was not effective. I don't know if it's the offense or it's just Arkansas's got issues. I look at this one. I think that Arkansas loses this, and I think Ole Miss is going to win. I'll just go and call it. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. Maybe high scoring again, especially with that over under six, three and a half. But Arkansas loses this one. I think things can go south really, really quick for them. Yeah, because they still got some pretty good football teams on their schedule left to play. And But, I mean, Jackson Dart, hey, your boy, man, he showed out last week. You know, I mean, uh, I know you ride in pretty good. They got Quinshawn Jenkins going last week, finally, you know. Uh, home game at night for Ole Miss. I, I, I think it's going to be a closer game, though, than people think. I think that's a pretty big line. I mean, but Ole Miss seems to think going on offense. So, Trey Harris had a big game last week. I'll go Ole Miss, and I'm, I'm like you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be like something like 40, 45 to 38, something like that. Yeah, I cannot this week. I, I made a point. I cannot slander uh, Jackson Dart any uh, at all because uh, he, he played he played a great game. I mean, he played a great game. The toughness yeah. and what he did, and like you said, Junkins being – I mean, I think this was really the first game we really saw him cut loose to. He broke yeah. loose in the game too. So, when they've got Jackson Dart playing well and then Quinson Junkins doing well, and then the other running backs were playing well too for Ole Miss. It just wasn't Junkins. I mean, the running game altogether was working for Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat, tough to stop. But uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I will uh, I will lay off a of Jackson Dart for this week. But if he lays an egg in this, one, remember Ole Miss laid an egg in this matchup last year. That's kind of when the Auburn Lane Kiffin stuff kind of got started up, and they got blown out. I don't like I said I picked Ole Miss, but uh, I think Ole Miss remembers that too, so, and Lane Kiffin does too. So hey, if he well, can remember, it, he probably it, will. Sometimes too, when you come off these big wins against name opponents, you get a little get a little headstrong, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't keep that locked in focus. And then, I mean, Arkansas can score. I mean, they're capable. I mean, they should have they they should have beaten, you know, LSU, and they should have beaten BYU. So I mean, that and you take put those wins on their on their record, and it's a little bit different ball game. But I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game, man. Another high scoring shootout in the SEC. 
yeah, I do as well. So it's going to be fun. Uh, this was fun as always, Matt. See, like we always hit 35 minutes uh, when we do these conversations on these games. We're staying consistent. So uh, that, that's a good thing. That's always a good thing in this space. But uh, let the listeners and viewers know uh, about your work over there at Field Level Media. Yeah, actually, my NFL preview of the uh, Houston Texans and uh, the Atlanta Falcons probably was posted here recently or it'll be up there sometime tonight so check that out auburn's off this week so i'm not won't have anything up about auburn but uh yeah go check out phillevelmedia.com get your previews of college football the nfl major league baseball playoffs all that over there at phil level media all right sounds good matt i appreciate it as always you coming on i look forward to next week uh we have some more big games i will talk about auburn lsu but uh, it's always fun and i appreciate you coming on and do these previews and i look forward to next week yeah, man, no problem. Talk to you soon. And remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. Check out my written work over at Last Run Calls Football, where I cover the Auburn Tigers. The podcast is available over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you're just a straight-up hater. You can email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail. Dot com. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in on Monday for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.